money, an elusive force that effortlessly flows into some lives while others struggle to keep up. The big question is this: What sets apart those who accumulate wealth from those facing financial challenges? Is it seizing opportunities or is there something else that plays a significant role? While opportunities are crucial, it is one's relationship with money, one's money mindset that often determines the ability to capitalize on them. Money reflects more than transactions. It mirrors our values, fears and aspirations. Money is a powerful catalyst for emotions, signifying security and safety for some, power and status for others, and freedom and exploration for yet another group. The mental representation that we assign to money plays a crucial role in shaping the trajectory of our lives, influencing the paths we choose in our professions, the individuals we choose as life partners, and the various experiences we encounter. Our beliefs about money seep into every aspect of our lives, making it imperative to understand the origins of these beliefs, evaluate their validity, and consider course corrections where necessary. In this episode, I will delve into precisely this topic. Today I discuss our deep relationship we have with money. I'm your host Ashish Shavla. Welcome to yet another episode of Temperament by One Finance where we explore emotions and biases and their effect on the way we handle our money. Our aim is to help you avoid costly mistakes by giving you practical financial knowledge that helps you make smarter financial decisions. Henry Ford's famous words, whether you believe you can do a thing or not, you are right, highlights a profound truth. Our beliefs shape our reality. A study by Ramsey Solutions revealed that 97% of first-generation millionaires believed in their ability to become millionaires. This mindset, rather than the external factors like inheritance or education, propelled them to success. Now, as per research, there is one key secret that distinguishes the millionaires the affluent from the general population in their belief and perspective on money before i share that with you let me invite hardik singh ahuja a researcher specializing in human behavior and currently pursuing a phd in psychology welcome to the show hardik hi hi i'm um, i'm so glad uh, to be here and uh, excited to talk about uh, the financial and the crossover between behavior so looking forward to it hardik it's interesting how various individuals develop distinct emotional connections and relationships with money what factors as per you contribute to this diverse perspectives on wealth yeah sure uh, i think all of us uh, in our uh, childhood years have seen our parents uh, talking about finances uh, talking about budgeting savings how much we can spend in a month how much we can what are the short term and long term financial goals for the family but it's not the same for all the sections and all the uh, Uh, portions of the society, and it's it differs uh, state to state, country to country. But theoretically speaking, if we just take behavior and pinpoint it, how it develops over time, so there are a uh, few theoretical foundations that anchor the understanding of how one can learn financial uh, management from the very early on childhood years. So I would just uh, want to uh, there's a small abbreviation that we study in behaviorism, which is. Uh, observation imitation and reinforcement o i n r so uh, this happens uh, this actually transcends into a lot of behavioral patterns of how we learn to play how we learn to cook and that's actually very similar to how we learn to invest and spend the oir model of behaviorism is a new concept honestly for me 
while i understand this intuitively could you explain this in some more detail please yeah sure um so a uh, behavior works in schemes of um particular set of instructions of if i have to uh, make a cup of tea then there are set of behaviors that i need to follow to reach to that goal so if i break down those steps that is uh taking a pan to the stove putting in water boiling the water adding tea then adding sugar then adding milk then boiling it and then uh, pouring it in the cup of tea while straining it so these are the set of behaviors that reach to that goal so once we uh, in our childhood years we most of our learning is based on observation of how we observe people doing things how how we observe people achieving these smaller goals like making a cup of tea so once we observe any behavior we try to imitate it and that behavior is only repeated if it's if it gets any reinforcement which was the third component of this uh, part so observation is something that we are looking at while we are growing up if we do imitate it uh, we do we do that inherently because we imitate behaviors and those behaviors only get repeated when they are reinforced so in childhood years i remember that i was praised for saving money or if i am bringing back coins and keeping it somewhere i was reinforced with that that okay this is a really good habit that you should do and in the childhood years there are stages where we really look for these appraisals really look for these validation these begin at around 6 7 <laughs> years of age and go still our pre adolescent years till 12 13 years of age so these are most impressionable age where we get ideas of how investment is working of how our parents are actually treating money uh, understanding money perceiving money and what are they doing with it so those kind of observations that we make we try to imitate them and in the family structure that we live in if they are reinforced and we tend to re- keep on repeating them and keeping repeating them it cements in within us and that's that that's actually that we do for the rest of our lives thanks for the detailed explanation hardik it certainly helped me understand it better with your substantial research on money mindset could you also highlight some of the main things you've observed or discovered it's very evident uh, whenever there is a subject related to finances people tend to compare um, people tend to it actually evokes a lot of anxiety it feelings of uh, unmet needs uh, a lot of conflicting thoughts within people so uh, i i would say that uh, the finances today and the access to information that we have is actually leading to a lot of uh, mental health emotional and psychological issues within people and sometimes people are even aware of that okay this sort of conversation might trigger an anxious response uh, and uh, people are not aware of uh, the anxious signs and symptoms also sometimes of what are they and how they uh, surface so uh, i have seen a lot of people facing financial anxiety financial insecurity they uh, feel depressed because of some unmet financial goals they also feel uh, uh, a lot of jealousy envy to people who are doing well money can stir up a lot of complex emotions within us a sentiment likely experienced by most of us at different intensities and at various junctures of our lives i'm sure and how we respond to financial matters is deeply linked to our personalities if you are interested in gaining a swift yet thoroughly researched insight into your financial personality consider taking money sign assessment available on one finances website this comprehensive evaluation delves into your approach to money analyzing factors such as risk tolerance saving and investment habits and priorities providing valuable guidance tailored to your financial profile 
Now, I will be exploring the interconnections between money beliefs and personality traits with Hardik in detail. But before that, let me share my conversation with Nishita Gill. As a successful entrepreneur and the founder of strategy consulting firm Treemouse, she possesses a distinctive perspective on money that I found particularly admirable. In my opinion, it is a crucial factor contributing to her success. Money is like, it comes and goes, right? Like it's one of those uh, things which you can't, like you, it's great when it's there. It's also great when it's not because it teaches you enough. So uh, the relationship will always keep evolving. So I think for me, it's been over 10 years, the relationship has evolved from, okay, how do you get money? Like how do you get X amount of money to will be something like, um, how do I sustain it? How do you grow it? I think my relationship has always been that it's uh, it's the scaffold, it's the inner covering of your life, maybe. But what is very important is what you put into it. So what are, the, what are your priorities? If you put on top of that, that really decides your relationship with money. Uh, but just constantly thinking about money never really helps the situation in any way or form. So um, if you're... If you're facing adversities and if you're still able to laugh it off and enjoy and uh, like my priority has always been a lot with my family and spending time outside, like sort of spending time in nature and things like that. So those two priorities, uh, as long as I'm able to keep them, whether the money comes and goes, uh, it's it's something you think of and, you know, compartmentalize uh, during work hours. So I look at life like that. You kind of, over time, you realize you kind of balance out all of these emotions that you have and you see what is the thing which gives you the most amount of satisfaction, how much money is needed for that satisfaction, um, how many uh, people can you have on board for that, um, can you grow this, can you evolve this, uh, when do you start thinking of people as a resource, when do you start thinking of uh, people as friends. So it's a sort of a balanced conversation that you start having, but it takes a while to mature into it. The relationship we share with money is a multi-dimensional journey, one that evolves over time and is uniquely shaped by our experiences. Nishita's philosophy is a refreshing one. In between adversities, maintaining a sense of humor and cherishing time with family requires a mature and resilient mindset. It is a reminder that it is our values and priorities and not just financial success that contribute to a fulfilling life. So, it really does depend on the values that you attribute to money it's um for some it's one of the it's one of the key things that they keep thinking about because they don't feel that they've done enough right now or they they feel like where they are in life is not enough and they only need to get somewhere so their um their thinking and their daily life is only going to be about that you know so their priority is just that uh, but for others, they're very happy with what they have. Like, and if you meet uh, anyone from, like, you know, maybe I was just talking to an auto driver who took me from Green Park to First Class uh, yesterday, and we had this fantastic conversation where he was just like, oh, I mean, I earn uh, about 2000 today. I earn 2000 today because of Diwali, and it's a good day. And then I think for about a week, I'm going to go back home because I want to spend time with my family. So it's, those are, like, you know, it just depends on, you know, no one is really happy where they are or like no one will ever like feel like money is enough. But if you know what your priorities are, uh, you know where your time needs to go. And um, in so many aspects, we see like, you know, we, because we, whenever we talk to people about the mindsets that they have with money or like the behaviors that they have with money, 
um it's more to do with their life ambitions or their goals and money becomes like a way to channel that which is of course true like you know and some people are very um hard about on their priorities like they're hard on themselves to like meet those priorities and some people are like we're going to try this out let's see how it goes and it's not in the effect of uh, you know if you have monetary backing from your family and other other social systems around you it's not like you know you you will have the capacity to experiment a lot more it just really depends on how you bring yourself uh, to uh, manage your expectations with money or how do you how do you present yourself with those values you know so uh, it's not I feel like it's uh, it's a uh, it will always be an emotionally charged topic because it depends on how you perceive it and how you live your life and what are, what are your priorities how you decide uh, what you want to do today and how you decide where you want to spend your time For some people money is something they're always chasing they're constantly thinking about it because they believe they don't have enough their daily lives are centered around trying to make more money on the flip side There are people who are happy with what they have. They find joy and satisfaction in what they've accomplished so far. Money for them is a tool they use to reach their goals and dreams. How individuals manage their expectations and align their values plays a crucial role in shaping their financial journey. As I conclude part 1 of this episode, let me leave you with a few thought-provoking questions. How do your personality traits influence your relationship with money? Why some individuals seem to attract abundance effortlessly? while others are caught in a perpetual cycle of scarcity and what is that secret sauce that transforms money from a source of stress to a powerful ally in achieving dreams the sauce used by majority of the first generation millennials stay tuned if you're interested to know all the answers in the next part of this episode i continue my discussion with hardik to decode the power of money scripts we're not just going to scratch the surface we're going to delve into the depths of your subconscious beliefs about money What you discover might just transform the way you approach your finances. I will see you on the other side. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.